Ladies and gentlemen, two fighters enter. One fighter leaves the We are back for episode five. Samuel, I have never been so happy to be proven wrong about my overrated New York Yankees. Um, at oh, least so yeah. far. I can't speak to uh, uh, your Braves, that wild game of extra innings. Good for them. I'm proud of them. I, I, I'll still stick by my pick about the Yankees being overrated, but if they're winning... I don't care. I will ride that all the way to the end. Um, I don't know about you, how you feel about Atlanta the same way. Uh, I, I have that warm feeling in my heart since I do. Uh, I was born in the uh, little old uh, Kennesaw, Georgia, just a little town. I was just a small town boy. Um, dream. But uh, hey, watch it. This is this is north of Atlanta. I didn't live in like, <laughs> you know, Savannah, Georgia or anything like that. I lived in the city area. I but, love Savannah. Um, yeah, well, I wasn't too big of a fan of it. Anyway, we're 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 drawing we're drawing away from the topic here. I was, I never thought I was really pulling for the Cincinnati Reds until we went in the extra innings. I'm like, oh my god, this is a perfect way for the Atlanta Braves to choke. This is perfect. And yet, and then they they come back. And well, so I think you know both of these uh, games. For me, did you watch the uh, game two of the Yankees uh, Cleveland series? Uh, calling it a game is being so nice. So you can call it a manslaughter, On, dude. It was a game until their closer, what's his name, Hands. Just oh my god, dude! You, what happened to him when you're walking down the stairs and you don't know that there's like a, an extra step and you just like get mm. Charlie horsed <laughs> into just like falling on your ass? Yeah. Um. Like, it was God on our side. It was bananas. Which brings us to our first undercard of the day. So there is a God. So there is a God <laughs> in sports. Um, <laughs> the, be the best evidence of God touching the world of sports. Um, I yes. think we, 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 we have a couple of ideas to bat around. And then we have uh, our horses to take us to um, uh, who is going to win uh, today's yep. undercard. So, Sammy, give me your two real quick. I'll give you mine, and we'll fire back and forth. Okay. Um, so I made a list of five. I've got the interception by the Burger King register man, Malcolm Butler. <laughs> Over Russell Wilson on the one yard line. So I'll I'll give you I'll give you lucky, but that and that interception like was on my radar, but I didn't pick it, um, for the pure reason of they could have just ran the ball. You know what I mean? Like like that still could have happened. Um and it didn't. But that was God telling him, you know, but that that's I think that was God making that interception stating you should have ran it when you had the easy <laughs> chance. That's my point. I mean, I guess. I... You can't hate that point. That's God taking away their title 
saying, how stupid could you be to try and throw the ball on the one-yard line? I okay. Give give me give me just rattle through the rest of your five okay. or the the other three, and then we'll and then we'll come back to me in my two. But for me, I I I I don't know, man. I I feel like because the game could have gone so many other ways, there are so many other factors that could have been argued for that not being as a f- much of a moment as it was. I don't know. Go 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 ahead. Give okay. give, give me your other three. All right. Then my next one. Um. This one's coming from top three Super Bowl of all time, uh, where God was disguised as a young wide receiver named Santonio Holmes on the final drive for the Steelers against the Arizona Cardinals. And he made that beautiful catch in the corner of the end zone where there are like three other Arizona Cardinal defenders around him. That beautiful corner catch in that drive. He was playing in that drive so much. I thought that was one of the one of the greatest Super Bowl lucky God given catches I have ever seen. I have ever witnessed. So my question to you is, uh, how much of that was God, and how much of that was just because I, I I have a reception in my um, uh, top three as well, but. I feel I like you. the skill of the skill and the connection between Ben Roethlisberger and Santonio Holmes, I think, should be accounted for, right? Um, well, the reason I wasn't accounting for it is because uh, Ben Roethlisberger, Big Ben, he won the Super Bowl. I think either the year before that, the year yeah, the Seahawks Super Bowl against yeah against Seattle. He had one of the lowest quarterback ratings ever in Super Bowl history. So no one was really considering, oh my God, he's, yeah, he's going to play phenomenal today. And Santonio Holmes, uh, he was great all, you know, he was, he was pretty good all year, but I wouldn't think that's going to be your number one go-to guy, especially when you got a lovely man named Heinz Ward. But that's like kind of, but that's kind of like how that, uh, those sorts of plays are, design right and he still has chemistry you know what i mean so i i i feel like the relative skill of the receiving core um the coaching of uh mike tomlin yeah the coaching of tomlin and i i i, I the skill of ben roethlisberger i think should be accounted for in well whoever did holmes's uh pedicure that morning bravo <laughs> that was some beautiful to- toe touches um thank you morgan freeman in a white tuxedo for doing santonio holmes's pedicure and Uh, and i think that's why i'm throwing in that god because he (laughs) was really a part of that that whole drive and i'm just like this guy's not messing up right now sure all right i I don't think it can compete with my reception play but all right we'll which all right yeah you know what you go first then i'm tired of getting thrown (laughs) under the bus here on this dang podcast so my I'm, i'm saving my reception play for later um but my the my whole theme behind this uh, concept of God touching the sports world is that God really loves New York. Um, there are <sighs> special cities in the world of sports. There are special cities in the world, period. But for some reason, magic happens every time a New York team uh, takes the floor. Whether it is um, for or against 
that city, um, God touches New York in the world of sports in a way that he doesn't interact with other cities. Probably um, because he invested in that stock market. You know what? I think that's what it is. I think uh, he's a part owner, um, and this will feed into my third place uh, uh, moment. Um, he definitely is a part owner of the New York Knicks um, uh. with James Dolan. Uh, and for my third place uh, winner for the Angels in the Outfield moment, I am picking Lynn Sanity. Uh. Um, so I don't know if you remember where you were yeah, or, or how yes. you remember Jeremy Lin before this happened. I remembered playing, I think it was like 2K11, like NBA 2K11. <laughs> and in my, and in, in, in the, my career mode, you can like, you know, make your player, you get drafted by a team. I got, I always got drafted by the Warriors back in 2011, 2012. And they always had. <laughs> This one dude sub in for me named Jeremy Lin. I was like, who in the hell is this Jeremy Lin character? Get him off. I don't want to be subbed in for anyone. And then out of nowhere, a year later, um, I, 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 I look on uh, NBA.com. It, it was just something weird with the New Jersey Nets. And I look, I was like, huh, that's weird. This Lin character pumped in 25 points. <laughs> Uh, he, uh, the exact stat line was 25, 7, and 5 in a Knicks win. And I was like, hmm, strange. Like this quiet, quiet guy. It's like, whatever, whatever. And he was quiet for the next two wins that they had. And then all of a sudden, Kobe Bryant and the Lakers happen. Jeremy Lin pops up again, 38 points. And you're like, oh, wait, 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 wait. It's him again. That's so strange. Two days later, Toronto Raptors. Game winner. Oh, how how I does remember that? like so my my whole thing one. like how does this go on? And I think for about uh twelve or so games, something like that, ten to twelve games, Jeremy Lin lights the sports world on fire. And over the course of twelve games, um, I his jersey starts to sell. Like it just makes an appearance on the NBA store. And it starts to sell out, and it starts to go nuts. And all of a sudden, Carmelo is injured. Um, uh, D'Antoni doesn't know what to do. Jeremy Lin is winning all of these games, and oh my god, the Knicks have a piece. And in normal Knicks fashion, it all falls (laughs) apart. Lin gets dealt. Melo doesn't want to be there. It's the beginning of Melo's decline as a person for his reputation in the sports world, in the basketball world. Um, And this peaks with... All of these last-second hero ball shots by this little Asian kid from Harvard, and he is essentially never heard from again, really. But his entire career is made for the next seven or eight years by this twelve-game stretch, um, and he, of course, never again reaches these heights. But it was, you know, that touch of magic for several games. Um, second place. Um, I'm putting uh, Game 7 of the 2003 ALCS to give the Yankees the pennant. Um, That shouldn't have happened. Um, uh, And and again, it was the perfect sort of setup. You say Malcolm Butler. I say Aaron Boone wasn't even supposed Uh. to be there, if not for a personnel problem in Cincinnati. Um, 
Honestly, the Sox could have ended the curse of the Bambino that year if Pedro Martinez wasn't such a dirty, dirty boy in Game 3. Who hits and, like, gets in a fight with a coach or a manager like that, man? Mm -hmm. Um, So it was was the perfect storm to set up even more of the Yankees' mythos. Aaron Boone uh, is guaranteed free drinks and a career with the Yankees until he's dead. Um, Martinez... Like for oh my god, why do you keep him in? I understand that he's, you know, your your Hall of Famer, but he was shot, dude. He gave up five runs. Late. All right. Well, if we're if we're if we're bringing in those moments from baseball, and I do have a couple baseball moments. Go go I ahead. Would definitely replace. Uh, no, I would replace my Santonio Holmes one with Dave Roberts stealing stealing to second base when okay. the game. I, I would definitely that is that is God on first base right there. Taking the run of faith right there. And that was a great throw by Jorge Posada. One of the, that is the number one Yankee I hate is Posada. I cannot stand You hate Posada because he capped it all off in two thousand three. No, when I saw yeah, when I saw Posada like uh on second base when he hits that draw and he like has oh. his and he's oh. like oh. I just wanted to smack him across the face. <laughs> oh, oh, see, see, and this is why I'm picking 2003 Game 7. Because y'all had that series, y'all had that game in hand. You were up five to nothing. But our manager left Pager in for way too long. Way well, too and long. And not even, not even just left him in, he brought him back in. Why? Yeah, why? I, you know, they're, they're, hey, why does... Uh, why is the bear crap in the woods? I, I can't tell you. Because God spoke in the voice of Christopher Lloyd from Angels in the Outfield. Say, keep Pedro in. I'm sure he's fine. Yeah, oh my God. That was, that was. Uh, I, I remember watching that. Magic. My dad was just like, why are they keeping him in? Why are they keeping him in? It was the magic of the Bronx, man. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. There, like such, such a collision of things. So many unlikely things had to happen for that moment to take place. Like, Aaron Boone had to have that fight. Pedro Martinez had to be cold and had to be kept in and brought back in. You know, so many things collided. Like, you know, for for your things with Santonio and Big Ben. Screw the Santonio thing. I'm putting Dave Roberts in there. Screw the Santonio. I think the Dave Roberts run. I thought we were talking about some catch it like i was even trying to think of some nba catch moments or like you know catch it for the slam i kind i almost put Sha- i almost put shaq and kobe in there against the portland trailblazers in game seven i mean like 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 but... like, like no but i'm saying like these these are moments and i'm singling out aaron boone's uh walk off but like so many things had to happen to uh make that happen for like i'll put uh uh jeremy lynn's uh game winner against the Toronto Raptors where he's just like awkwardly Ugh. nodding as his game celebration um, as, as my leadoff moment. But so many things had to happen to make those things possible. A, a player had to get injured. Um, someone needed to get kicked off. Someone needed to be kept in for no reason. So like uh, that, that is yeah. my definition of God enacting sports. Round out, round out your top three. Give me your uh, top competitor. Okay. All right. So at number three, I've got game four. Of the 2018 ALCS, Houston versus the Red Sox. You know, I you know I gotta do the play by play. We have cardiac Kimbrel on the mound. This man has been giving us heart attacks through the whole playoff series. 
and bases are loaded. Two outs, and the Red Sox are up eight to six. And who the hell is up to bat? Alex freaking Bregman. If Alex Bregman gets a hit down the line, the game is either tied or we, we lose the sure, game. Sure, sure, sure. Bregman hits the very first pitch. The very first pitch. And I remember Andrew Bendintendi making the run of his life, diving for that catch. I thought he missed it. I thought he missed the catch. But he makes one of the most beautiful, one of the greatest playoff catches in baseball history. And he, I, I think you could have, I think what you really should have done if you really know baseball, the best thing you could have done is, is let that ball drop, catch it, and, you know, make sure you just tie the game. Just just try to tie the game. But, and I've heard, you know, interviews with Andrew Benatendi talking about, like, you know, they said, what was your thought going for that dive? And he said, well, I knew if I dove for it, there's a bigger chance of me missing that catch. And if I miss that catch, the game's over. I'm going to look like, uh, you know, the biggest idiot on the field. But he took, he had the balls. He had the huspa. He had God on his side to help him make that leap. That was probably a greater catch than um, Matthew McConaughey's catch in Angels in the Outfield when the two Angels lifted him up for approximately 15 seconds. That, that was a beautiful catch by Andrew Benatendi. I felt like uh, I that moment in sports, maybe it was just me being there in per- person or what, that moment was like, and that catch led us to 3-1 to one in the series where it could have easily changed the momentum of being 2-2. Two to two. How do you feel like that matches up against uh, Aaron Boone's walk-off? Because- well, because I think in... I don't know with baseball with because Ben Attendee's a good fielder, like he's not bad. No, no, no. He he he's a great yeah. fielder. But yeah. I'll be honest with you, I thought he was gonna miss that catch. I mean, I yes. did not think when but you it, watch that catch, I did not think he was going to make it. I saw it, but like it's it seemed more like a feat of athleticism rather than divine influence, I guess. No, um, define athleticism was the catch in the World Series when he jumped high up in the air at Fenway Park against the Dodgers in Game 2. There's like a photo of him. It looked like the Air Jordan. It looked like the Air Jordan pose. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, he has that demonstrated athleticism to do that all on his lonesome rather than like... Do, like, do you believe in a million years Jeremy Lin would have 12 games of like 20 plus points, 7 and 7? Do you believe in a million years, um, Pedro, even staying as long as he did, would give up five runs? And, and, and did you did you believe that like in 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 twelve years, a Yankee that hasn't even been a Yankee for the entire season would win the game in X in the eleventh on a walk off homer? Like, it, well, let me answer this with another question. Did I believe that Alex Bregman was going to hit it to Andrew Benatendi for one of the greatest God-given catches I've witnessed? And that was the defending champ Houston Astros here. They were projected to win it all again, back to back. Well, yeah, but they're also like, you know, they're the trash can boys. Like, I don't know how. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't. I I'm, I got to talk about from that moment. I can't be talking about the trash can boys. It was just sure. in that moment. In that moment, they were the defending champs. 
they were supposed to be a future dynasty. But honestly, that Andrew Benatendi t- catch, and my definition of a god, and I know you've mentioned like you know God being a part of sports or whatever, but my definition of God being a part of sports is more of I guess where you're leaning towards like the Boone moment. It's like that specific moment that specific play yeah i i that i I agree with you i think i think that's why the andrew the the jeremy lynn thing yes that that was a a beautiful run uh but i feel like i feel like we're saying that now like oh yeah that that was gotta be not it's because we never saw him do anything after that or i feel like it was kind of like a doug flutie thing you know, Doug Flutie was phenomenal with the Buffalo Bills, or, you know, he was awesome with all these teams, but nobody gave them a chance. First of all, let's not compare Jeremy Lin to Doug Flutie. They are not equals in their sport. Doug Flutie is way above Jeremy Lin. Like, he had sustainable skill, and Jeremy Lin had 12 games, and then a career built off of 12 games of excellence, and then nothing else. Um, secondly... Uh, you know, speaking to like, I think Tim Tebow is a perfect example of our difference in assessing these divine, these semi-divine moments. Because Tim Tebow, Denver had an incredible defense and a great underrated receiving core. So Tim Tebow had the tools to, you know, make it work. And if you're in the NFL and you're an athletic, intelligent human being at the quarterback position with experience, I don't think that there is a lot that you necessarily need to succeed, at least on some unsustainable level, if you have the right personnel around you, which he did. So, like, all of the cards aligned for him to do well. All the cards aligned um, for that catch against Houston to work by play design if not talent. Nothing aligned for Jeremy Lin. Nothing aligned for Aaron Boone. And yet they happened. Eh, well... Give me your two. Yeah, it's E says... Alright, so my next one is the beautiful Super Bowl 51 catch by Julian Edelman. That was... I I mean, as great as I love Julian Edelman being a Pats fan, but I thought that touched the ground. Or I'm like, oh, he didn't catch it. So are nah, you? No, oh, I okay. thought he caught it. Are 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 you? So does this mean that you are downgrading, and underestimating and underselling the skill level of your hero Tom Brady, by saying that he had help? By our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Really? Okay. <laughs> You're on the record in that one. In that in that one. Boston, Boston self-proclaimed Boston fam, Sammy Locasano thinks that Tom Brady needs divine help to succeed. I think this is I think breaking in that, news. I think in that game. This I think in that game. News. I think God helped him in that game. Well, I, I mean, I, you can also say that the Falcons are notorious chokers. And that's, yeah, and that's been proven I think I'll season. cut him some slack and say, hey, God wanted New England. God loves New England. God loves Tom Brady people. Jesus. Give me your number so one. This go- okay, this goes to... Um, your lovely New York Yankees, actually. Um, I, I do have to say, I, I think God loves New York. Uh, still, haven't, still haven't figured out why. Uh, I need to talk to him about it. It's going to be a serious conversation. All right. 
the American League Championship Series, 1996. Yep. Game one. Yep. Derek Jeter hit a homer, yet it was <sighs> caught. It was still caught, and he made the homer. <sighs> but they did not make the catch. <sighs> and Julian, do you happen to know what man, or I should say, little boy? Made that catch. Tell your story, Samuel. God! <laughs> a little boy named Jeffrey, was it Meyer? Mayer? Uh, Meyer. M-A? Meyer? Yeah, he caught Derek Jeter. He went into the field and caught the ball. That was a sign of God saying, hey, we want New York to win this series. Are you kidding me? The official, the refs, witnessed it happen and they did not call it they're like oh no it's it's still it's still in play i still do not know what happened in that moment i think i i don't know i don't know it's it's a sort of it's a sort of it's deniable evidence (laughs) oh deny so okay so you can so do you agree that okay let me i'll read you the official rule if a fan interferes in a fair play that is happening not only will that fan be ejected from the game but they or but the play will be known as a fan interference and the ruling is an out do you did you know that i no no, no did do you know that but like, here's the thing. Uh, 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 did you know that he, I, I, enough instances have happened to where a fan has caught a ball that was like fifty fifty. Let's calm down. Oh no no no! Let's calm Release down. Release the tapes! Release the tapes! It's we can watch the tapes right now. So like, you don't think that kid interfered? I I don't I. I don't think. No, 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 no. Here's here's what I'm gonna say. The umpires ruled it, and sometimes they make bad calls. Don't be don't be a New Orleans Saints fan and argue against the refing. That just happens. God, that play. Uh, you know, I'm done talking about that play. Yeah, I have spoken. Uh, just give me your take. Get me your. I I already have a feeling. I already know what it is. I I I have a strong feeling because you've already mentioned God loves New York. God does love new york the reason why i say that and the reason why i am invalidating all of your points is because my number one play is a play that was made in spite of the skill levels of the players involved and that play is david tyree's helmet catch in super bowl Uh... 42 and it's not just a catch. I want to highlight this entire play. Let me crack a cold play. one while I'm hearing. Go this. ahead. Go ahead. Go crack a cold one. Um, oh, pop open a like a Ben and Jerry's pint, because I'm gonna be here for a while. Let's like, Sammy. My two themes right now are God loves New York and divine intervention only comes when skill is irrelevant to a play, right? Meaning that the most unlikely star-crossed things have to happen and align for me to believe in divine intervention, right? So, 
let's start off. The Giants were not supposed to be here. They started the season 0-2. Tiki Barber, um, I hate him, love him. My feelings towards Tiki are very confusing. Had just retired. And Eli was not really living up to the expectations of the number one pick in the draft. So they weren't supposed to be, they started the season off 0 and 2. Their defense was not stopping people. But by the time the season ended, they were 10 and 6 with their defense being one of the best in the NFL. But even at 10 and 6, they uh started off as wild cards and won 3 straight road games to get to the Super Bowl. How does that happen? Now, enter Super Bowl 42, the vaunted Patriots offense against the underdog but scrappy New York Giants defense led by my hero, Michael Strahan. And to their credit, they kept the game very, very close. And New York had a chance to um, do something down 10-14 in the fourth, late in the fourth. But on cue, the New York Giants uh, feed into my paranoia by getting stuffed on the run. Eli Manning gets sacked a couple of times. He, it's, it's not looking good. Third and five on their own 44-yard line. Like, you, you imagine if they're on their own 44-yard line, they have a number of plays to go with the, pay, with the uh, way the pace of the game was going. Eli Manning is about to get sacked again. And Sam, you'll agree, Eli Manning isn't the most athletic person with his legs, even as a young man, right? Yeah, I will say, um, just how this discussion's going, I'm already agreeing with you on this, number one, because God was playing Eli Manning that day. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, this was a, yes, this, this, exactly was, this was a Madden game. If you look at how the Patriots' pass rush, like, ganged up on him, he was dead. Like, I looked away for a hot second. I was like, I was like, screw this. The game is over. And then all of a sudden, you see a white jersey with a red number 10 getting pulled, literally pulled down. Like, pulled down and, like, bent over, hunched over um, by, I, I forget who. Um, uh, 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 Vince Wilfork. Was it Vince Wilfork? Yeah. Yes, it was Vince Wilfork. I thought it was, I thought it was Green and Seymour. Never mind. It doesn't matter. Um, he literally lobs the ball and I will say Eli Manning's arm and his accuracy as a young man are underrated, but even still into like almost double coverage, throwing it to David Tyree, who is dropping balls earlier that day in warmups. David Tyree, who hasn't really he's essentially a practice squad guy that has been you know up jumped and didn't even play for New York the following season like he was gone David Tyree who has earned dinners and appearances in Munyu New York comes up with what would later be known as an Odell-esque one-handed grab up against his helmet to stabilize it coming up against Rodney Harrison, who isn't, you know, who is at least Malcolm Butler good. And, uh, he was not a scrub. He was, he's, he's a Patriots Hall of Famer. Yeah. Uh, I love, I love you, Rodney. Big Rod. He out, um, he, out jumped, he out jumped, he out jumped this multi, this multi-time pro bowler and 
pinned the ball to his helmet the way that David Tyree, this nothing of a player, came down with the catch from an infamously immobile and uh, inaccurate quarterback, famously inaccurate quarterback, it was God saying, this is yours now. I hate Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. The combination of odds that this team could get here and the combination of odds that this specific receiver could catch the ball and this specific quarterback could dodge a pass rush that had already had him dead to rights overshadows anything and blows everything else away in my mind. Uh, I think God was just tired of Tom Brady being a good looking handsome son of a gun. But you know what? Um, Let's let the people vote. Whoop whoop. All right. We'll let them vote on this. Uh, Jeffrey, um, I, I still hate you, man. Um, you should have never caught that ball. That was a fan interference. Uh, Jeffrey, uh, Mr. Meyer, uh, if you ever want to come on the podcast, if I can treat you to dinner, <laughs> um, you know. I think the Yankees got him a limo ride to school one day. I'm not surprised. <laughs> after the, I think my dad told me they got him a limo ride after that event. I, You know what I think? I think that's like the potential fine money that they would have had anyway. So why not <laughs> give him something? Yeah. Um, we are in round two, our second undercard. And instead of discussing something controversial like faith and uh, God, we're going to discuss something a little more tame. Child fighting. What's the matter? Mommy not here to dress you? Do you have any more quotes for me? But before- Boy, I, I just love content. Hey, I'm talking to you. Come on. Come on, make a move. There you go. Uh, your karate shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so specifically, if you couldn't tell from the quotes, we are talking about the Karate Kid verse. Cobra Kai is out now on Netflix with season three just around the corner. Um, Karate Kid is enjoying a resurgence like never before. And there are two distinct eras um, with which to compare the skill of the fighters. So we are petitioning a hypothetical Dana White to create a youth-centric fight island for the characters from the co- from the Cobra Kai <laughs> Karate Kid universe. The rally at the valley, the rumble in Reseda. Um, <laughs> and uh, just like in March Madness, uh, if we are Las Vegas odds makers and tournament makers, we are going to be discussing who wins in a tournament between the new school Karate Kid verse characters and the old school. Uh, each era gets top eight fighters. Each of them will be seated one through eight based on Sammy's and my uh, agreement of their skill level and will be pitted against a lower or higher seed of the opposite era. So, for example, with Johnny Lawrence, uh, classic Johnny Lawrence from the classic universe, he will be paired against Stingray from season two. Um, uh, whereas Miguel Diaz, the top seed from the current era of Karate Kid, will be paired against Jimmy, for example. Um, they will be competing in points. Winning in the first round gets your error one point. Winning in the quarters gets your error two points. Winning in the semis gets your error three points. Winning in the finals gets your error four points. And you are the overall winner and best fighter in the Karate Kid verse. Sound fair, Sammy? Yep, sounds very fair. Let's get the ball 
rolling. Let's get the feet kicking. So, in right, round one, um, we have Johnny Lawrence versus Stingray. Um, I want to start off by saying that it's really creepy that this 30-something-year-old man... This kid, this this is a 36-year-old man with hard, hard Haley Joel Osment face just joining a bunch of teenagers in karate. <laughs> um, um, I don't think that this needs any discussion. Uh, Johnny Lawrence easily wins. Uh, okay, so hold on. Let me ask you on top of that. Uh, well, first of all, I agree with you, but do you think Stingray would remotely score a point on Johnny Lawrence? No, um, and the only time Stingray has shown any ability was in a training exercise that literally has nothing to do with karate. So I would never dishonor you, Sensei. Shut your cake, old chubs. Oh, my God. Um, uh, 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 just, just like this weird... Home Depot worker is joining a bunch of kids in karate. I want him out of the tournament anyway, as quick as possible. Uh, do you remember that point? line? Do you remember that line Stingray says uh, when he's joining Cobra Kai? When Johnny says, "Hey, parents aren't allowed to," uh, he's like, "Oh no, I'm I'm not a dad. I am here to kick some ass, sir." That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> and then he um, what, what what was he saying? He's like. Do I recognize you from somewhere? Oh yeah, I helped you out at the at the home goods <laughs> store. Um, here we had that bonding moment. <laughs> yes. Um, oh my god. So no, let's get him out of there quickly. I I want I want him gone. On that. So all right, we'll give that one to Johnny Lawrence. So far, he is. Uh, that was a sweep, sweep, uh, sweep, steady. Yep. So that's one point for the old school. Point, I'm keeping track of this. Okay. Yep. I'm keeping track. So, all right. Let's go to the number one seed on the other side. Um, we have Miguel Diaz versus Jimmy. Um, all right. Th- this is obviously a bit closer, I think. Overall, I think that the old school is better, is more well-rounded in terms of fighting talent and skill. But I still think Miguel Diaz, he won the tournament for a reason. Um, he is the student of Johnny Lawrence himself. I don't think that there's any way that he's losing in the first round. Yeah, I don't even think Jimmy made it to the quarterfinals. I think he gets one point on him, but Miguel, who was trained by Johnny, obviously, yep. uh, you know, Javi's Johnny is obviously the more well-rounded. I would give. Yep. Uh, I think that I think my score prediction for this one, and by the way, the last score prediction, three zip, Johnny Lawrence versus Stingray. I think this one would be three one, three yep. one Miguel. Yep, 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 yep. Okay, so all right, so that's one point for the new school. Um, let's go with, uh, let's do the second seed on the old school side. We have, uh, OG teen Daniel LaRusso, the champ himself with the illegal face kick versus Xander Stone. I I like, I like this. I like this because, uh, I'm sorry for any of you people that love Daniel LaRusso out there. I think he's overrated. I, I definitely think, uh, he is definitely an overrated fighter and, uh, Xander, Xander put up one hell of a run in the. The Rumble and Reseda in, uh, what was it, 2018? And he's a defending champ. Defending champ, too. Xander, Xander Stone is a former champ, so it's not like he is uh, lacking in the talent department. He is a wild, wild douche nozzle. Um, uh, but first, I do think um, he is more athletic than LaRusso. Um, I think he has better technique than LaRusso, and I think that he's a more consistent fighter than LaRusso. LaRusso gets in his head, man. LaRusso, like, beats himself a lot um, throughout Let's the course talk about of that third. Can we talk about, uh, briefly, uh, 
LaRusso versus Mike Barnes. He, oh man, Mike Barnes got in his head real quick. Dude, I, and I, like, I think Mike Barnes, and, and, and the thing with Miyagi-Do Karate, it's very defense-based, right? So you need to have a clear head to be able to fight well using that technique and that school. Um, and he was overwhelmed by the athleticism of the Cobra Kai students multiple times. So I think that a more well-rounded fighter that's still able to be aggressive will push Daniel Russo. I think that his technique saves him. He's a great counter puncher, great counter striker. Um, Daniel Russo is. So I think he'll he'll put up a fight. But I think this is a matchup problem for him. I give it to Xander Stone. This is the biggest. This may be the biggest upset in um, the whole whole discussion. I'm seriously looking at it. Xander is ranked number seventh in our new school list. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm looking at it now. That's why I'm saying like from Xander to, uh, um, where is it? To, uh, Stingray. There is such a steep drop off. I think we just ran out of bodies, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and, and we, and we just wanted to, but I think that the reason, and for, you know, everyone that's wondering out there, why the heck is Stingray on this list? Uh, did you see him take out those kids? Uh, in the hallway in the last episode as a security guard. It's all right, sir. I'm on it. And then, you- <laughs> bam, he he put it on. And let's not forget, he is the winner of the, what was the, oh, Coyote Falls? Like, like, like I, the Coyote Falls capture the flag weird capture, thing. Capture the headband. Yeah. And I, that line he had, you know, you know what people don't know about stingrays? <laughs> they always wait for the perfect time to attack. Um, so I, but... Regardless of that, I think I think this is the this is the best example of a matchup problem for a higher seed. Um and I think Daniel Russo gets upset. And yeah, and on top of that, that uh that dramatic speech by LaRusso in Karate Kid Three when he's like on the ground beaten up oh, by yeah. um Barnes but before going over, he's like, Mr. Miyagi like- <laughs> Dude, yeah, Daniel LaRusso is the picture of teen angst in the worst way. And speak, speak to you, Daniel LaRusso, I'm from New Jersey, and it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> What's the score? Uh, so right now, like it's... between no, no, between LaRusso and Xander. Oh, I'm I'm ge- I'm putting a two three. You're two, putting three, a two three Xander. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give it two three Xander. I so new school's got one point. I think all it's right. because two... like 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 Xander overwhelms him. I think Daniel is able to counter him at some point because he's like a good like. He knows how to pace a fight really, really well. But yeah. the athleticism just overwhelms him in the end. Sorry, Daniel, but Miyagi can't save you in this one. Nope. Right. Or his magic hands. Um, so no. in the, Oh, too soon. <laughs> so on the other side, uh, 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 we have number two seed Robbie Keane against uh, Tommy Bodybag from the old school. I, um, I like this matchup. I, I like it a lot. I think this is... A, this is less of a mismatch than the other one was. I think Robbie is genuinely an arguable number two seed. Like I, 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 on his side of the bracket, I do think that he matches up well against uh, our number one seed, Miguel Diaz. Whereas Daniel LaRusso, I don't think he matches well against the old school guys in hindsight at all. Um, he, he's more athletic. Did you see that, that, that kick that he pulled off in the finals against Diaz? That one, the, that, that, the one arm, the one arm, yeah. Like the two kick, yeah, the two yeah. feet kick. Yeah, yeah, but I guess the reason I'm liking a little Tommy more in this is because that, you can agree, that Cobra Kai background, especially being trained by John Kreese, 
And the and in the year before and the year before, Tommy actually made it to the semifinals the year before. Yeah, but Robbie made it to the finals. Who did he face to get to the final? He no, he made it to the finals because Hawk got disqualified. Yeah, but like I think that it's also uh, Hawk is also the most athletically gifted person in this bracket, I think. So, let's like any he, any he scored a point against Hawk. And I think that he as a defensive fighter and a well-rounded fighter, did you see him in the mall fight in season two? He does really well. I'm, I, I will give it to Robbie. Uh, I can't be biased because of Cobra Kai, but I'll give it to Robbie. But I still think it's a 3-2. Uh, that's fine with me. Okay. That's fine with I, me. All right, so, all right, new school. All right, so, all right, we'll, let's take a brief moment. So, old school's at one, new school's at three right now. Yep, uh, and for those listening... I am backing the new school, and I have a very comfortable lead over Samuel right now. Uh, well, it won't be too comfortable much longer. So let's move on to what is the next one I'm seeing here. But so you can we say have, so we're on the same page. We have – this is going to be a yeah, fight yeah, between yeah. us. We have Mike Barnes versus Aisha Robinson. Oh, dude, are you – there is no fight. Mike Barnes is the baddest mofo <laughs> One of the baddest guys on this list. Okay. You really think Aisha can take on Mike Bond, the America's bad boy, I think is what, or Karate's bad boy. Karate's bad boy, Mike Barnes. Yeah. That man is the definition of no mercy. He will, he will take down Aisha. You're talking about a guy that thrives on, uh, 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 being physically overpowering as a striker. Let's, let's, let's look at the tape. He's not a good grappler and he has no, um, idea how to, fight defensively can you agree on that he doesn't need to grapple this is a striking tournament not a no, we're not, not in the octagon you no, just said that grapple you just said he's not a good grappler yeah we're, we're, we're not in the octagon but like grappling and uh, uh going to the ground is a wildly effective option for a fighter that knows how to do it a lot of uh let me see a lot of fights won by miguel and Hawk even have come through taking their opponents down by the grapple and then striking them when they're down. Well, also, I just know that Mike Barnes, he was grappling Daniel. I mean, he was kicking him in the back, you know, holding, holding onto his arm real well, back into, you know, kicking him in the back like six times. So, so wait, let, 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 let me, let me, let me sell you on Aisha Robinson. If we're All talking right, yeah, about. Go ahead and sell me because I really do think this is. So there should be no argument on this. So going going by weight class and by physical power potential, Aisha has power, physical strength in her blood. It's mentioned that her father is an NFL lineman. A. B. She is a brilliant defensive fighter. The only the only reason why she lost in the quarterfinals uh, of season one was because she decided to go on the offensive. I don't think Mike Barnes is going to give her the time to go on the on the offensive anyway. So she's going to have a great time and a easy job countering every single one of his telegraphed throws and kicks and punches. It, no, it's a, I, it, it's another matchup problem. Yeah, well, Mike Barnes has been doing this for. Over ten years, uh, Aisha's only been doing it for like ten weeks. So, so I, I think I I think there's no there's no way you can say Aisha would beat Mike Barnes after her only just being in Miyagi or being in Cobra Kai for two semesters. I mean that's fine. <laughs> Mike Barnes still lost and like wasn't even a real student of Cobra Kai necessarily. He was just like a weird 
creepy addition to the tournament by Terry Silver. Anyway, I will give you Mike Barnes on the experience, but I want I want it known that I stand by Aisha Robinson and that she at least brings it to two. I think this is harder fought than you think by far. Uh, I think it's a three, three to one. But three you know, what? hey, that's fine. But yeah, I think it's three to one. But you know what? I'll, hey, that's fine. But hey, old school. You know, I actually picked her, we'll... I picked her in an upset. Uh, oh, get out of here! No, Dude, Xander but... is the biggest upset. <laughs> <laughs> no, Do but not the... no. Well, no, no. He, here's the thing. There's a reason why she's the sixth seed over Xander. Like Xander is a more spectacular fighter, but she is more grounded. Like, she has that solid defense. In, in fact, if it was her versus Xander, I would pick her to win over Xander. Am I allowed to leave right now? I... <laughs> I I'm, Sammy, I can't I, take this. you are falling for the trap of unspectacular fighters losing to to fireworks, essentially. You're no, pro- I'm watching the tape. I'm watching the tapes. I've watched the tapes. That is... There is no... There is no doubt about that. All right. Um... For- uh, but she, but did she did lose to Alexander in uh, Cobra Kai, right? She did lose to Alexander. She did lose to she did lose to him in Cobra Kai, but it was only because she tried too much to go on the offensive and go out of her pocket. I, I do you remember that front YG Aisha curled a fully grown human being? She's a wall, dude. Mike Barnes is a is a bad man, so I got him winning. So, all right, Mike Barnes, moving on. Congratulations, Mike. I'm I'm rooting for you, Mike. I hope you can come back for a Cobra Kai season. I love you. I love you, Mike. Karate's bad boy strikes again. Also, Mike Barnes. Mike Barnes is built like dry spaghetti. Oh God! You know we're hey. Topics over. Mike Barnes won next next round. Let's go. Um, I love this next round. I freaking love this next round, dude. Honestly, um. There's no contest for me. Hawk wins 3-0. Hawk wins 3-0. Um, Hawk wins 3-0. You're talking about two equally vicious fighters. Hawk yeah. is just more skilled and more wildly athletic. I would think... Hawk wins the physicality in a landslide. And if we're talking about offense versus offense, Hawk is a more well-rounded fighter than a lot of the old Cobra Kai students. If you look at the season one tournament, Hawk is a great uh, uh, defender encounter. If you look at his fight with Robbie when they're tied 1-1. Yeah, Yeah, I did watch that. Um, Hawk has those tools in his arsenal. Like, he's shifty. The only thing I would give it an edge to Hawk for is the mentality of... Dude, it's not... So, like, the reason why Kreese puts... Uh, Bobby, like, in... Uh, the, the reason why, like, he had Bobby do all that crap to Daniel, it's the same reason why, like, uh, 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 if you put someone in on a field just to play once, it's so that they can injure another player. Yeah. Like, there's no skill attached to it. He's not known for his skill in the ring or uh, on the mat. That's I Hawk. I mean, he had... No, he... No, Bobby did have some skill. He really did have skills. Dude, but you're talking about, he, like, Hawk, who can arguably... For me, can arguably win this whole thing. It's... Not mm. not a contest. No contest. You and, and he... And we're talking about someone that's equally vicious to Bobby. Uh, I mean, just watching Bobby and the Karate Kid... He definitely, I think he had more strength 
Hawk has more athleticism, obviously, but I would give this. I would give Hawk three. I, I would give it to Hawk three two. Uh, that three two is really sticking with me. You're you're too nostalgic, man. No, no, Bobby. No, Bobby came from the old school Cobra Kai. He had been doing it for a very long time. Hawk just got into it, but you know, Hawk has a lot of heart too. Hawk, Hawk, so, we can agree too, though, that Johnny Lawrence is a much better coach than um than Crease. Uh, uh, um, eh, we'll save that for another discussion. <laughs> look how look at how fast his students developed. His students reached the finals after look one what year happened to Miguel. Training. It's his fault. <laughs> but that but Miguel is wildly talented. So is Hawk. Only after like what six months of training, Miguel is in the hospital because of Johnny Lawrence. Yes, but. Skill-wise. <laughs> Skill-wise and well-roundedness-wise. Um, so, now, we have our 4-5 matchups. First, we have Daryl Vidal right, so... versus Samantha LaRusso. You go first. Uh, Daryl. Daryl's definitely taking it to her. Daryl was nasty. Um, but he, he couldn't be... He, he got swept, obviously, by Johnny Lawrence. Uh, I really do think uh, Daryl could put it on Sam. Um... I am going to fight you back really hard on this. Okay. Um, and I'm going to tell you why. Um, La- Sam LaRusso, again, is the is a fighter in the mold of Robbie Keane. If you look at the mall fight, she is phenomenally good at not getting hit. And not even, like, getting hit on the arms, not getting hit. And if you look at Daryl Vidal's highlights, if you look at his tape... All he doesn't have any hands at all. He's all feet. He's all feet, dude. Like he's he's he 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 he's a Xander without the track record. And I you're mean, and you're having an and you're having someone that is as athletically dynamic as him, in my opinion. If you look at the mall fight, Sam is very very underratedly athletic. I think Daryl, but watching. Daryl competitively and Sam obviously coming from the street fight background. There's gonna be a little. There's gonna be a few more rules, uh, regulations. Uh, obviously, Sam has never competed in it, so I think Daryl has the advantage and mental edge over the rules and regulations. Street fight back, but, dude. She, she was trained by the champ, man. Like, and that's not nothing. Yeah, she, the the champ just got his ass whooped by Xander. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> but like, Xander has a track record of winning tournaments. Daryl does not, and. Like, if we're talking about street fighting, Miyagi-Do Karate isn't conducive to street fighting anyway. So it translates very well into the ring and on the mat. It is a defensive style that, if done well, like maybe if you're trained by the inherited master of the style, then you're going to do well against an offensive fighter. And Daryl is completely one-dimensional. I don't think we should take that sweep that Johnny had over Daryl, uh... Anything. So I know. I know you're not. But I know you're. I know you're defending your person. I'm just defending mine. I'm not trashing your person. I'm just saying. I think Daryl has, and also I think Sam. Uh, yes, she's obviously gotten back into the you know Miyagi Do karate. She's really getting into it. Passion. She did show a lot of talent. But I feel like Daryl has consistently been at it. Never took a break from it. And I think Daryl, and, and the, when he faced against Cobra Kai, he took out a couple of their members in the competition too. Dude, let's not pretend that Cobra Kai was wildly talented beyond Johnny Lawrence's gang. Um, they're not. They're simply not. Like the Cobra Kai ran. They off are of, talented. 
Cobra Kai ran off the reputation of Crease, Johnny, and maybe like uh, 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 Dutch and um, Tommy. Uh, uh, Johnny, Dutch, and Tommy, and then like Crease as their teacher. And by Bobby, their own, it's by, Bobby by their own branding. Um, don't be but, disrespect to my old school people. No, I no no. I'm I'm saying Tommy. I don't think Bobby was talented at all. Oh my god! I think Bobby um, was more talented than no Tommy. Um, but so like for me. Uh, dare, they, look, look at the fight again. The reason why Johnny was able to uh, get that sweep off in the first place, I'm going to use that as an example because Daryl didn't throw a single punch in the fight. And that leaves his lower section completely open and Samantha is equally good as Johnny was in regards to ducking and weaving. She, like, she is a very elusive fighter and if you keep telegraphing these fantastic kicks... She's going to get you. She's going to get you on the ground where your legs are useless, and she's going to get you hit. Um, this one, you got a coin around you. I think this one's a toss-up. I Hey, I gave you Aisha versus Mike Barnes. Oh, no, that, that should not have even been a give. Are you kidding me? That's a give. All right, fine. I'll... I'll give you Sam on that one, but you know what? From here on out, you're going to have to fight a lot harder. That's fine. Um, I, I fought hard. You did fight hard, but I'm saying I'm not going to be easy to sway from most of these going forward. All right, All right so, that's fine. That's fine. All right, so, so far, okay, well, I'll read the scores after because we got one more in the first round. All right, so next one, what do we got? On last one uh, of the first round, we have uh, Tori Nichols versus Dutch, who, in my opinion, is totally her dad. Ooh. Tori, as an imperfect striker, um, very solid grappler against Dutch, I think is more of a matchup. I think, uh, I really did think a lot about this one. I thought Tori would pull the W out, um, having that cutthroat mentality. Definitely no mercy, but also Dutch really has that mentality too, and he's got pretty, he's got very good defense, and his striking is great. His footwork's awesome. I thought this one would go into overtime, and then obviously the overtime rule is the first person that scores the point wins. I think Dutch wins it in overtime. The the the, the problem that I have with old style Cobra Kai is that they had no idea what to do when your opponent got within arm's length of you, like inside your arms and inside your punching and kicking range. Um, and Tori, just as much as Dutch, knows how to manipulate a hothead. And um, her primary talent, she's she's not a very good striker. She's kind of wild when she punches, right? Oh, I agree. You know, but um, she's great at countering with uh grapples and throws she can get you on the ground very very well so i wonder do you think that she in that overtime period is able to get within mike's to get within dutch's guard i think she would and that's why i'm saying it's such a close matchup because dutch really does keep his guard open he does not keep his hands up he, he doesn't really. It, he really does like sitting back on the fence, but he's also very. Do you think that uh, uh, he leaves himself too 
open though? And do you think Tori? I, for my, in my opinion, Tori is athletic enough to catch enough of those mistakes to uh, take him out. Well, that's what I was thinking. So my prediction was going to be for like Dutch was going to get two points, like back to back, and then when she's finding out, all right, he's leaving himself open too much. That's when she's going to be countering him and come back with two straight points. And I feel like when he leaves himself too open, going back on the fence, I think he goes out of bounds okay. more than once. Okay. But then that's when it goes into overtime. And that's where the middle game comes, because I think he knows what he's doing, obviously. So do, do, we, do we know what he's doing? He seems like the most wild out of all the Cobra Kai dudes. So I think like as someone that knows how to get in people's heads and knows how to play mind games more, Tori is better equipped for that. But he, I think he knows not to make that first move because obviously when he did, that's what cost him against Daniel. You saw him run forward with it, and Daniel got that punch to the gut by him. Who? It'll come down to who gets into the head of the other more. In my opinion, Tori gets into Dutch's head more because um, headspace problems and overaggression and overemphasis on offense is more of a problem in the old Cobra Kai than the new school Cobra Kai. Let's, I, 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 want, I want to propose this. Let's leave it up in the air because um, it's just one point. And if it comes right. down to the one point, we'll argue it because I don't think either of these players, either of these fighters are making a pass a second round anyway. Okay. Um, so let's leave it up in the air for now. Uh, I just wanted to read out. So old school has two points right now. New school yep. has five points. Yep. Uh, with uh, the four five seating between Tory and Dutch in argument. So, to start the quarterfinals, worth two points apiece, uh, we have Johnny Lawrence versus Samantha LaRusso. This is another easy win for Johnny. Um, uh, for me, I think this is 3-0-3-1. Uh, like, he's, he swept uh, Daryl, and I, I fought hard for Samantha. Um, <laughs> I really did, but as someone that's similarly that's similarly skilled to him, but with a better matchup, Johnny Lawrence is just wildly talented. I think that he lost that tournament to Daniel on a fluke kick, um, more like an illegal kick. An, that's why I said an illegal fluke yeah. kick. Um, so I think that he wins this matchup by athleticism and mentality uh, very easily. Uh, your thoughts? Uh, it's either a sweep or three one. Again, she's a matchup problem for anyone from Cobra Kai except for Johnny yeah. Lawrence, um, because he's just too good. Um, yeah. In the uh, other side of the bracket, we have Diaz versus Nichols slash Dutch. Um, what I love about the new school is that they are a more refined, tempered version of uh, the old Cobra Kai way of teaching. Um, mm -hmm. So regardless of experience... I think that the new school, the reason why they're able to compete in the first place is because a lot of them are so naturally talented. I think Diaz takes this regardless of who uh, uh, wins in the first round opposite him. I think he takes this in a wash. Yeah, uh, I'll give that to you. Um, all because of Johnny Lawrence being a great sensei. Um, yep. Uh, against Tori and Dutch, yeah. Um, like regardless. Yeah, so, like that's yeah regard regardless. So I think yeah. our argument was pretty pretty doofus but you know what whatever no one's gonna make it past that round <laughs> um all right so uh now this i think is actually a match uh on the left side of the bracket on the old school side we have 
Xander Stone versus Mike Barnes. I do think that this is interesting for me. Do you want to save that for last? Yeah, let's save that one for last. That's that's a very good one. Um, I think that in a rematch on the other side, in the new school side, uh, I'm just going to chalk up two points uh, automatically to new school since these are two new school people. Yep. Um, Who moves on, Hawk or Keen? Uh, uh, Spoiler alert, Hawk is my dark horse to win the whole thing. Uh, I don't blame you on uh, taking Hawk for at least this quarter finals. Um, I'll let you, I'll let you, I agree with you on that. I think Hawk is definitely out for some vengeance. And I feel like if he didn't get himself disqualified and didn't pull such a stupid move in the tournament, I think he would have easily beaten Robbie. And at their skill level, I actually think that he would have done well against Miguel. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll see that in season three. But yeah, I think uh, I think Hawk wins this one uh, three to one. So now, final quarterfinals matchup. What do you think? Uh, for Karate's bad boy Mike Barnes and Xander, I'm gonna be honest with you. My dark horse was Mike Barnes. He was my dark horse. Here's my problem with Mike Barnes. Um, he is talented, yes, but his head case problems are too much to deny, dude. They're they're like in further rounds of the tournament. I think every single round he will have trouble because people get in his head. Like if he's not able to bully someone, like that will get in his head. Um, like, dude, like look, look. Look, look at how open he left himself when he just saw um, LaRusso just doing his, his kata. I think, I think Terry like Silver he, was a bad manager, he, he, and I know I was picking him in the first place, but I had to you know, I had to fire him. It's like, well, if he had a smart guy like Johnny Lawrence as a sensei, or heck, even uh, even just Crease alone, he they would have just said, take him out. Take him out straight, three straight points. But just the fact of him letting that happen in the first place like you can tell that he's in the karate game not for karate's sake he's not really he 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 strikes me as a person that's very uh into his athletic gifts above all else um and i don't think that he's actually a really good practitioner of the sports skill wise i think that he relies on it on his overwhelming athleticism way too much and i think that you know, I initially had him uh, 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 going up against Lawrence as well before he put Xander in. But with Xander in, I think Xander takes this one in a close one. Uh, the only thing I'm going to say with that is if you're good at something, never do it for free. So with that head game, I think, I mean, you know what? He w- <sighs> Xander wasn't facing the pressure that obviously Barnes was having because he wanted 50%. 5-0 of the Cobra Kai brand name. That, that, that was building up in overtime. He put himself in that position. He puts himself... Like, he kills... Yeah, him. but he, now he that he his own have fights. the Cobra Kai brand pressure on him against Xander, I think it's a little more clear that he could be able to take him down and not worry about financial pressure or anything like that. Regardless of 50%, 50%, he still got thrown by someone not outright attacking him that he could like overwhelm or bully and Xander is a former champion and the favorite to win this tournament. So I think 
I think I do think that it's close. I think Xander initially does get overwhelmed, mm-hmm. but I do think that he wins three two, because he Xander's not an unintelligent fighter. Like he knows he knew that his style wasn't necessarily as good. Yeah. Against Aisha's in a matchup, so he sits back and does well. Um, and Mike Barnes relies too much on his natural gifts. Um, it's close, but he wins it. Three two. Uh, I guess I'll I'll give it to you because Xander was a, a de, was a defending champ, so I'll yep. I'll give that one to you. Sweet. All right. Now the score as stands, dude. You better do something. Um, I know. Because I have three automatic. Oh, my new school it? has like my new school has three automatic points in their side of the semifinals, and um, while I do think Lawrence can beat Xander. Like you, <laughs> this is not looking good for you, dude. No, it's not. But I, I feel like, uh, you know what? I feel like we can make a comeback here. Um, in this case, you know, hey, 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 I'll spot you, um, Dutch over Tory. Oh, gee, thanks. You're welcome. I'll spot you, Dutch over Tory. <laughs> all right, well, because that, that nice. was a toss up. So, all right, so now I go from four to <laughs> ele- I go from four to eleven to five to eleven. So I think that's, that's fair. That, that's great. Um. um so now, I think your only hope now, I think, if I'm doing my math right, is for Johnny Lawrence to win this entire thing outright. Yeah, uh, I feel like he he could, but you know, let's do it. Let's we'll let's do move it forward. All right. So, uh, in the first side of the semifinals, we have Lawrence over Xander. I don't. I Johnny Lawrence. I think three O's his way throughout this entire side of the bracket, dude. If 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 uh, LaRu- yeah. if, if he doesn't meet Larusso in the semifinals, which he doesn't, he. Xander, this is where Xander's like weird 2020 millennial (laughs) bullcrap comes into play. Um, Let's, uh, Sammy, in honor of Xander, let's just have a moment of silence to uh, memorialize his daddy spanking at the hands of Tony Lawrence. What shall? Okay, time's up. Yep, time's up. (laughs) Johnny Lawrence 3-0. Yep, three. All right, sweep city for Johnny Lawrence. That's eight for you. So far. Um, three automatic points for me. I'm at 14. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's what I'm saying. I think like, and maybe fault the movies and the TV show on what they show on screen in regards to training. But the the fighters from the modern day are benefiting from hindsight training, right? Yeah. You know, um, it's the same argument. Like the 60s Celtics probably aren't as good as the 08 Celtics on the fact that half of them played and then went off to their jobs at meatpacking plants and, like, smoked cigarettes on the court. Like, that's just one of those things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So that's completely fine and fair. Um, all right. So, all right. Now we got uh, Miguel versus Hawk, which we, we got a little glimpse of that in Cobra Kai Season, season 2. two. Um, yep, at uh, Coyote Falls. I think with the right sensei, and I am picking Johnny as uh, the sensei of this new school Cobra Kai, like 40, 50-year-old Johnny. Um, I do think Hawk ekes out this win over the champ. Mm. Tragic. Well, be, like, look, 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 at their, look at their styles. Miguel doesn't necessarily take as quickly to the sport or the fighting as Hawk does. Like that, yeah. like Hawk is more of a natural fighter than Miguel is. 
this is and all that Hawk has too. It, it's it's all he has. Um, he has a Mike Barnes Dutch Johnny Lawrence mentality, but he does it without the fear of a sensei cracking down on him, losing sponsorship, whatever. He does it for the love of this sport and revenge. The revenge of the sport, the feeling that it gives him in the rush. I think he is, um, for every purist, um, of this specific style of fighting and this format. I think Hawk is going to be your underrated dark horse to uh, reach the finals on the side of the bracket. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll give it a close one. Like one goes, two. I think this one goes into overtime, but I think Hawk pulls out the W. Yeah. Uh, we'll say we'll say OT. Um, all right. Now. And now. We have in the black and yellow corner the previous year's champion coming in a DeLorean time machine to the All Valley 2020. Johnny Lawrence! And fighting also from the yellow and black corner, we have Eli Hawk Moskowitz! Both fighters hail from Cobra Kai, a badass name for a dojo. Don't forget the fist pump at the end of it when Johnny is like. Um. Uh. So, I think this is a very interesting matchup. Yeah. Oh, I I love this matchup. This is this is a good Rumble and Reseda matchup. The rally at the Valley. I genuinely don't know who to take here. Um. I. What we can do. So here's 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 my argument for Hawk. Um. And this. You know, I might be shooting myself in the foot saying this, like, having this disclaimer to start out. Kreese claimed Johnny was the best student that he ever had, right? And the best in the history of Cobra Kai. And was always the better fighter, right? He had all those platitudes for him. Whether or not they were, whether or not they were sincere, they were still there. And it shows in the win column, right? Mm -hmm. Hawk is the most natural and the most gifted of the fighters that Johnny trains. So if we're using, you know, like the transitive property and hindsight theory, I do think Hawk edges this one out. Um, They come from similar backgrounds. If we're taking the better teacher and the better training into account, you have to go with Johnny's training. Like there's a reason why... Crease's training failed twice. It's because he 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 doesn't take into account um, defense and countering in a fight for like from a fighting perspective. So Hawk is the more can, like can we agree on this? Hawk is the better trained of the two fighters. I I will I will give you that one, but I feel like Johnny. Obviously, he he is a defending champ. Did not give up a single point in 
his year of being a champ. Um, and then when Hawk, yeah, he had a great run. I know he got disqualified. I'm not putting that one to consent. But, you know, Robbie did get the one point on him. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I feel like, ob- and, and, and here's the difference uh, as well. Um, Hawk, yes, they both did dirty thing, dirty things. And, uh, you know, Johnny did it in the finals. Hawk did it in the semifinals. Johnny didn't tell Hawk to do what he did. That was Hawk doing it himself. No one told. So that's my, I guess my part is the mentality of Hawk not being able, where Johnny, if Johnny, I feel like if Johnny didn't even go talk to his sensei, he probably could have had that chance to win the tournament against Daniel. Like, like with, without, without creases, uh, uh, chance to, yeah, to get in his head. Yeah. Yeah, Cause yeah, yeah. you saw that look in, um, in Johnny's eyes, like yeah, he had the fear in his eyes. That's true. But I, that's that's why I'm saying uh, now Hawk is right. I'm not like downgrading Hawk at all. I just feel like Hawk meant it. It got to him quickly. Just for just for Robbie talking about his haircut. Really, you're gonna you're gonna give up that opportunity of you going potentially going to the finals over someone making fun of your hair. Like, people have made fun of, yeah, sorry, uh, you know, I love you, Hawk. You know, people were making fun of his lip. His whole, like, high school career. And then you're really going to let what someone say about your haircut get to your head? That's why I'm like, you know, Johnny, I feel like, is is uh, the, the MJ of Cobra Kai, the Tom Brady of Cobra Kai, uh, the Tiger Woods of Cobra Kai. Um, Johnny really is, the, you know, he is the he is the franchise. He's the face. I definitely feel like he can bring it home. Now, and my score for it would be Johnny versus Hawk uh, with Hawk being disqualified. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, I, think, uh, I think it would be an overtime Johnny would win with one point. Um, you know what? I will be honest with you. Um, there is a reason that Johnny by Crease was widely regarded as the best Cobra Kai student that's ever walked in, walked through those doors. And if we're talking about like true Cobra Kai, like taking the whole continuity into account. This is a dojo that started out with, like, Green Berets in Vietnam. Um, so, and before uh, Daniel LaRusso and the, all of that gotten into his head, it, Johnny did look like a man on a mission. Um, and even with Kreese getting in his head, got a comfortable second place um, f- to, like, a fluke illegal kick to the face. I... Well, actually judged Hawk a little bit harsher than you did uh, when I made my bracket. Um, this was exactly my, my prediction for the final. I was doing, I like, I picked Lawrence versus Hawk. Um, I think Lawrence wins 3-2. No overtime needed. I actually had Lawrence versus Miguel. Oh, okay. Uh, but I, I do like the Hawk matchup still, but I think I would give John Lawrence 3-2 going into overtime. I think Miguel would have given Johnny a better fight than the Hawk. Um, but it like, ironically, just matchup wise, um, because Miguel has a clearer head than Hawk. So they, 
be a little bit more even yeah. in that headspace. But Hawk would overwhelm him. Uh, case in point, um, I will say, if this is scored like you know, a duel between two teams, um, I will give uh, Lawrence the individual championship. Like I'll agree with you on that. All right, so that got me how many points? That got you all the way to twelve. Dang it! <laughs> So overall, the new school, Cobra uh, Kai, wins the 2020 oh All-Valley Tournament with the caveat of Johnny Lawrence finally getting his vindication and a truly worthwhile win um, going forward in time to face, honestly, his most talented student. You know what? I'm excited to post this bracket on our page because I definitely want to hear other people's thoughts on this because this is a very well-grown franchise out there and and we but we were a part of this when cobra kai was on youtube tv like we were way way before netflix was and we grew up with the movies man so like seeing this happen and having it not be like just a nostalgia trip cash grab is the best thing to ever happen like the best case scenario i'm Um, wearing a cobra kai t-shirt right now yeah, man, dude, I see that. Like, it looks incredible. I want one. Um, Amazon. But so, Amazon. Amazon. I all think right. It was like twenty. Send me bucks. that link. Yeah. All right. Send me that we'll link. Do. I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up. Okay. But so, you know, this this like it got a little bit heated in some of our um, disagreements and our arguments. But um, I think this is the fairest that the bracket can come out with. Um, I'm very happy with my new school Cobra Kai's winning it all. Um, but we'll let the voters decide. We'll I'm just excited to. I'm just excited to talk Cobra Kai, man. I know. This is very exciting, especially for people that are listening that don't know much about sports. We can at least talk about a TV yeah. show that involves a sport. Um, so fictional Dana White, uh, make Child Fight Island, uh, Island happen. Um, we really want that to happen. I know. Bring bring all the old members in there. Uh, throw Mike Barnes in there because I know Cobra Kai's not bringing him back for season three. Dude, Mike Barnes is getting thrown off Fight Island on, like, day two because he tried to, like, sell drugs to everyone else. All right, so this is going to be one of those rare grudge match episodes where one of the undercards really takes the spotlight. I really wanted to talk about Cobra Kai. I thought that was a great idea that Sammy made. That was a, that was a good idea yeah. to have that tournament happen. So this uh, title card is going to be hotly debated, wildly hilarious, um, and, you know... Super quick relatively short and painless um which is going to be the opposite of this nfl season if injuries are anything to go by quick question before we move forward with that involving the season do you think uh the season will end before we even get to the finish line due to the i don't think so the nfl is such a, 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 a um a next man up style of league um and mm-hmm. I think Goodell surprised everyone with how well he did the draft. Yes, it was kind of like a no doy kind of idea to host it through Zoom and everything, but it still required a lot of uh, uh, moving pieces to like slot in the right places, and he did a a surprisingly good job with it. So I don't have, um, I don't, I don't think that there are going to be a lot of problems. You know, they already have an expanded playoff bracket. They um, already have the bye week system in place, so it just for the time being, just requires shifting around those buys, putting players that get tested positive on IR for the time being. I don't think that it's going to be... Um, uh, you're going to have a lot of problems. 
what 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 how this is really going to affect the league though for me and this will play into the title fight now is because there was no preseason shortened training camps there are a lot of injuries influencing the standings right now um which feeds into our yeah. uh like i said which feeds into our uh title card which is which last place team as of week four has the best chance to make these expanded playoffs um so in last place um this otherwise dude uh, would you agree in other weeks uh or in in other years in other seasons this argument would be a fool's errand yeah a hundred percent definitely but yeah but with injuries cropping up all the time now um i think it's the injury bug has been knocking down teams and they'll eventually you know regress to the mean they'll recover and injuries might further knock down teams down the road oh absolutely Um, basically what we're saying as of week four normally the windows are closed on last place teams but right now the window is open for for at least one more week at least if if these if these teams do not win well now honestly like most of these own four teams uh, kiss kiss your season goodbye i mean sure it's 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 still a sport so like most likely by by week five you'll you know everyone's eliminated but But that feeds into our argument so in last place we have the new york giants we have the san francisco 49ers we have the detroit lions we have the atlanta falcons we have the new york jets the chargers from la the Cincinnati Bengals and the Houston Texans. Sammy, who is your pick of those eight teams to reach the playoffs? You know what? It was actually pretty tough between two teams, but I'm going to go with my boy, Big Dick Joe from Cincinnati. I definitely think he's found his rhythm. I originally was going to do the Chargers. After what I saw them play against Tampa Bay, I was like, whoa, this kid's actually pretty good. Um, They put up a run against Tampa Bay, and Tampa Bay's a good team. But... I feel like sitting at one, two, and one, and they, I understand Pittsburgh's, and I'm still not buying the Pittsburgh stocks. Um, no, I, I, I am selling Pittsburgh stocks yeah, right now. I, I don't believe in the Pittsburgh stock. Um, Baltimore, yeah, yeah, Baltimore's very good. Um, but I, I think Cincinnati out of that division definitely uh, has the chance, or out of the conference has the opportunity to make it to the playoffs. Um, I think, yeah, like I said, uh, Joe Burrow has found his rhythm now, finally, in Cincinnati. Uh, I think he just needs more help in the on the offensive line. He's taken a lot of hits, but again, we're talking about last place teams. So you're, you're not saying, like, oh my, they're going to win the division, they're going to win. No, I just believe out of the whole AFC and out of the whole like last place teams they have one of the better chance if they were one three if they were one in three instead of one two one i probably would not be buying the stock on them sure but sure sitting at one two and one i would take that so um encounter you uh if if we look at the way that the standings are now in the afc right um so there are going to be seven teams that make the playoffs from each um conference right from the afc you have all of your automatic division winners you have the bills chiefs uh i'm presuming the ravens are going to reach um number one pittsburgh is going to fall off a cliff at some point the wheels are going to fall off that wagon and the titans so that's four right so that's room for three more teams 
Um, I do think that the Colts running game with Jonathan Taylor and their defense make it very sustainable um, as a team. Uh, so that's five. Uh, the Patriots with Cam Newton. Oh, absolutely. As, I, I they, they, they are underrated as a team. Do you think that Cincinnati can leapfrog over the Steelers, Browns, Raiders, Chargers, and even Texans to claim that seventh spot? Texans, yeah, Texans are done. I'm, I, I sold that real quick. Um, I, I'm starting to buy now. Like, hopefully Bill O'Brien was the cancer that, like, took everything out of their sales. Yeah. Um, I, I think um, if Cincinnati wins this weekend, who are they facing? Um, who, I, I, well, it doesn't even matter. Whoever they're facing this weekend, they need to win. If they do not win, if they do not win, uh, I will be selling on that. But uh, it's the rookie's you know first season. He's only had obviously four games. I think he's going to start picking up the momentum from here. Well, and 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 I'll say this: he does have help from the air. Um, he has a very solid running back in Joe Mixon, um, who popped off this last week. Yes. Um, but the, like, I can speak as a New York Giants fan, as good as you are at QB, and I really do buy the magic of Joe Burrow. I love him um, as a person, like as a personality and as an athlete. I think he's exactly who you want as your quarterback. But Cincinnati is too far out of the picture. I actually buy. In the AFC, the Chargers a little bit more than Cincinnati. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking about too. I if I was betting with my heart, Cincinnati. If I'm betting with my head, I take the Chargers. But I, I don't. But know, I I don't know what the Chargers are gonna do. I I guess it's just me also being a little biased. Joe Burrow, very exciting. Well, yes, but and I I think Cincinnati has a chance to make it on the fact that have you heard about the news of Tyrod Taylor? If he comes back, they are probably going to start him over Herbert, which is the dumbest thing in the world to me. Yeah. Um, so if that happens, Cincinnati still has some hurdles to jump, but they were in my running when I was choosing these teams. My team, however, um, if we look at these playoffs, we can sort of guarantee that outside of whoever wins the <laughs> NFC East, no team from the NFC East is going to make it. Um, I, I, I guess like, uh, the Packers are going to make it. Vikings probably are not going to. I, w- I, I sold uh, my stocks on them pretty good. Their uh, defense is super I thought boring. Detroit after this weekend was going to, but after after the New Orleans no. blind, I was like, no, 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 thank you. No. I was buying no. in on the Bears for a hot while. Um, hey, I, I, Chicago, I will, put I will, Trubisky back in, you bums. Are you ki- Oh, that's a different in discussion. That case, That's no. a different discussion. I definitely do not buy the Bears. <laughs> um, uh, the Panthers, I sort of buy. The Saints, depend- Drew Brees without Michael Thomas looks like a shot fighter. Um, I, think it's they literally- may- I think they make the playoffs. The um, but so, okay, so let's say we have our division winners, right? Okay. That's yep. four. We have the Saints. Um, and then I will say I think the Rams. No, the t- really Tampa Bay is leading the division right now. No, no, no. So we're division oh. winners. Oh, okay. Oh, plus, oh, okay. I got you. I got you. Plus the Saints, yeah. and I will, and I will put the Rams as my six. Okay. Um. My shot to win, and this plays into my whole thing about the injury bug, is San Francisco, and, and like, what, I'll I'll be honest. I leapt on San Francisco as soon as I saw the standings, and Sammy laughed at me, 
you laughed at me. And I don't know why. They're the only real... Like, if we're looking at odds, they're the only realistic option out of these last place teams to really, like, make a push. Uh, so, are they actually in last place, or is Arizona? Because I saw Arizona on... They're in last... They're, 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 they're tied in record with Arizona. Arizona wins a tiebreaker because they won in week one. Okay. Well, I think if Arizona and San Francisco face each other again, I think Arizona takes the W... What? And yeah, I think Kyle. I think Kyler just had an off day a couple days ago. <laughs> yes, but he also had an uncharacteristically brilliant day against like a vaunted 49ers defense. Yeah, uh, I mean the good thing is they're both sitting even. I think I just like Arizona a little more with the uh, when's Jimmy G coming back. I think it's a couple of weeks. I'm not sure, but the listen. sooner he comes back, the quicker that they'll take it back from Arizona. Honestly, it's not even Jimmy G that I really um, am looking out for. I'm looking for Raheem Mostert to be back. Mm. Um, as soon as Raheem Mostert is back, that offense has all of its primary weapons back. Yeah. Um, and with, with with Mullins, of course, he like you know pooped and peed the bed, but Shanahan is proving capable as a coach of putting of pulling together scraps dude like he resurrected Jarek mckinnon from the dead um uh kittle looks like the tight end one fantasy wise yeah uh with jeff mullins behind center so like shanahan sands a jimmy garoppolo overthrow of debo samuel or emmanuel sanders either one of the two San Francisco walks into the season as Super Bowl winners dealing with injury. Um, so And even as decimated, they're sitting even at 500. So I think uh, odds-wise, this is an easy win. Um, they don't have nearly as many hurdles. The NFC is looking wildly weak um, as, you know, in comparison to where their projections were. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So going into the season and the 49ers or with uh, as a Super Bowl, you know, team with a Super Bowl caliber coach with a Super Bowl caliber roster that has maintained if not improved a little bit. Mm-hmm. That that running back committee is phenomenal. And regardless of who's behind center, they can run the ball down your throats all day mm-hmm. and they'll be fine. Um so they have the help, they have the personnel once they're back at full strength, I don't think that there's any stopping them from leaving this season with 10-11 wins and a playoff berth. Uh, yeah, you could be right there. Um, like, with, with, with the Bengals, the best that I can see them being is uh, maybe 8-7, seven, 7-8, and eight, like that 500 mark. And I don't think that does it in the AFC. But no, the 49ers... That, that is a tough... That is a tough um... The AFC is looking tough this year. Like, Josh Allen is looking like an MVP candidate. I'm still not buying uh, on the Bills, but I know they're playing so good. There's just something about them. I'm like, I... <laughs> I What you're smelling is what I'm smelling is the fact that they're the Bills. Um, I but, guess it was kind of the Kansas City Chief thing early on when it's like they're the sure, Chiefs. Sure, you know, sure, so. sure, 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 sure. But we'll, but we'll find out. But, like, with that... Yeah, like, with that, with that coaching staff... Uh, with 
Josh Allen's emergence, he's an he's a legit quarterback now. I he's not just a rusher. Um and outside of Patrick Mahomes, I think he has the strongest arm in the league. And if that's getting refined as it looks like it's getting right now, um, Buffalo is looking comfortable. Cam is looking resurrected with the Patriots, and his style fits the Patriots perfectly. I think every second place team in these divisions in the NFC, every single one of them has a weakness. And with um, the Saints and Bears, with the NFC North and the NFC South, not even necessarily I, thinking that they could win, and with how strong the NFC West is, yeah, um, I think the 49ers have an inside shot to make it in. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they are a good shot. Uh, Arizona's sitting with them even, but yeah, the sooner that those guys can come back... Um, Keep in mind, too, Arizona's, Arizona's Arizona. sitting with them even at almost full health. Yeah, uh, but that's that's the other issue, though. I think that's why starting, like, I mean, they need to right now. They can't take their foot off that pedal because they know once the 49ers get back to healthy, they're, they're not going to be able to compete with them in the schedule, like, you know, record-wise. Well, yeah, well, and, and that's a problem, too, because if you look at week four, Arizona is not looking good, God, dude. Kyler Murray's Carolina, ugh. Well, and, and it's against Carol like that's my problem, right? Like against Carolina without Ron Rivera, man, like you know, captaining the defense, Arizona put up like a bunch of goose eggs, man. Kenyon Drake is disappointing everybody and their mother. The only real connection in the air is between uh, New Hopkins and uh, and Kyler, and Kyler only threw for a hundred thirty yards or something like that. Screwed me over in the fantasy league, buddy. Um, and I had I, Tom he, Brady on the bench too. I'm very sorry about that. I I think it goes to show you can never doubt Tom Brady. You can never doubt Tom Brady ever. Um, and I think the 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 Cardinals. I think we're buying so much into the hype around Kyler and the new Hopkins trade that we are denying their very obvious flaws. And the San Francisco 49ers, even at not full strength right now, don't really have an exploitable weakness. Nope. So. Whereas the Bengals, they're I think the Bengals are actually very similar composition wise to uh, to Arizona. Mm. Um, strong quarterback play, if inconsistent and young, yeah. With mobile quarterbacks, very weak offensive lines. Um, I think Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, A. J. Green, um, equal New Hopkins, um, in terms of the passing game, and honestly, the Bengals are a little bit stronger because they have a a better running game. Yeah. So, I I give it to the 49ers. Mm. Well, still an early season. We're going into week five. If if Arizona can still consistent, if they can still play strong while San Francisco is looking weak with their injuries, I think they can make a little upset. But uh, I still love you, Big Dick Joe. Um, please, you know, don't make me look like an idiot on the podcast. I've already looked like it for the past four episodes. <laughs> Um, I don't think – here's what I'll say. If they don't make the playoffs and if they crap the bed, I don't think it'll be Joe Burrow's fault. It's Cincinnati's fault. There's nothing good happening there. We'll see. All right. I think we should let the people vote on who thinks who's the smart one and who's the fart one. Woo! Whatever. I'm ready to go, free th- I'm ready to go three for three no. today, baby. No. Woo!
No, I think I All was right. at least right once today. Yeah, we'll see. Whatever. All right. We'll let the people vote.